Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number three of the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. Three of the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yo. My man Ross holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. A little NFL future power rankings mm. here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter with you until... 11 o'clock tonight. Appreciate you joining us, however, and wherever you may be listening to us. Also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan and hit the subscribe button for our wonderful YouTube channel. And uh, make sure y'all appreciate Carter Freeman and our man Ryan for all their hard work 
as they put together all of our terrific content for our YouTube channel on for 105.3 The Fan. Uh, y'all keep continuing to pour in your favorite, uh, you know, end of conversation lines, you know, to get off the, the phone or end the conversation in, in person. Um, some of y'all really be out here wilding. I hope y'all be doing this with your friends where they, they already know you and they're not making additional adjustments <laughs> on the way you end in these phone calls. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, because some of y'all are doing a whole lot to end your phone calls in that way. But, hey, you do what you got to do to get off the phone or get out of your conversation. That's right. Do what you got to do. Uh, let's talk a little NFL here as we are less than one week from training camp 2023 for your Dallas Cowboys. Hard to believe that we are this close to football. And I got a bone to pick Uh-oh. with uh, DirecTV. I saw! Because they, unbeknownst to me, uh, got rid of my NFL network. And I'm not thrilled about it because I pay my bill on time. I got the right package to have NFL network. And right now, it's just gone. And I have no idea why. So DirecTV is about to get a phone call or they're about to get canceled. One way or another, I need to get the NFL network back. NFL network's a deal breaker for you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Stuff is expensive these days, okay? Mm-hmm. Like the package that I got has NFL Network, and when I go to click on it, it's not it's not there. Which is interesting because I have the stream, the DirecTV stream. Oh, you got DirecTV stream? They just added NFL Network because they didn't have it before. So you took my NFL Network is what you're saying? Probably, yeah. Okay. Just like people be taking that, that extra 10% from somebody else to get 110%, I'll take the <laughs> NFL Network. That was my 10%. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, y'all keep those coming in as well, your favorite sports cliches uh, here. As I try not to get distracted on what's on the TV to my left here because, you know. Wait, how did Rassel end up on my TV? You're welcome. D- did you change that? Did I change that? Unbelievable. I'm trying to watch I'm trying to watch some Women's World Cup, and you got Rassel on my TV. Well, uh, Shout out to Bianca Belair, though. That's right. That's right. I think friend of 105 through the fan, actually. I don't know that. I, I can't say that for certain. <laughs> Let's, if she was a fan of 105 through the fan, why did nobody tell me? <laughs> why did nobody tell me? Just saying. Uh, let's talk a little NFL future power rankings here on your home of the Cowboys. As this comes from uh, ESPN. ESPN, yes. The the experts of Dan Graziano, Lewis Riddick, and Seth Walder. Those names sound good to you? Those yeah, we're like, good with those. Yeah. Those are good folks. Uh, they are going to rate every team's quarterback situation, remaining non-quarterback roster, drafting ability and capital, front office, and coaching using a scale that you're familiar with in school, right? 100 is A+. Plus which is elite, 90 is an A, like in the 90s, 80 is a B, very good, 70 is a C, which is average, 60 is a D, very bad, and 50 and below is an F. Obviously, that's a little bit shifted Mm -hmm. from what you typically see in in school. However, they use those to rate, give an overall score, and then they rank teams based on what their future is over the next, let's say, few years. So with that being the case, Kevin Gray, who do you believe to be the highest-ranked team when it comes to the next few years not just this season, but the next few years in the NFL. I would say that team that's got a dude who's a two-time Super Bowl champion and his quarterback, and their quarterback's only 27 years old, uh, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They are number two. Really? On this list with an overall score of a 94. Please don't. 93.4. Please don't say it's that other team in the NFC East. Okay, I won't say it. That went to the Super I won't Bowl say it. against the Chiefs. I won't say it, but it is. <sighs> 
but I won't say it. So, okay, so what's happening with the Chiefs? They are ranked fifth on their roster outside of uh, the quarterback. Of course, quarterback is one. Yeah, yep. Coaching is one, which is an, uh, the quarterback, by the way, 100, right? Like you get 100 on the scale. Sure. Uh, coaching is first place. Uh, that's a 99.3. The draft is third, and the front office is, is fifth. I mean, Brett Veach is one of the best general managers in the history, or, or excuse me, one of the best in the NFL currently right now. Yeah, so but front office. You, you bring all that together and the ways that this thing ranks, I think the roster and front office got a lot of credit when it came to the Eagles. And, I mean, if they had some 80s, they were all 89s. Coaching was 89.7 for the Eagles. The draft is 89.3. So even when they dipped into the place of just, you know, very good as opposed to great, very close to the highest uh, ranking possible or highest score possible in those ranks for the Philadelphia Eagles. So across the board, considered to be fourth best when it comes to the future at quarterback, seventh best uh, when it comes to coaching, and second best with draft, understandably so, seeing the ways that they've made sure to replenish. It was one of the things I was thinking about earlier today is just the Eagles, you know, even on defense where they've lost players, they've made sure to draft young players and not just draft them immediately when they needed them, kind of get ahead, having young players ready to step into roles as those other guys leave. Um, that's something that will get you highly ranked, you know, ranked when it comes to your future. So the Eagles won the Kansas City Chiefs two on this future ranking. I hate giving Howie Roseman credit, but damn it. You don't have to. I think I said all the credit that's necessary. It's just, I mean, he's done a terrific job building that roster over the last few years, and he's been running circles around the league uh, for quite some time now. And for him to take a team, tear it down, in essence, and then get back to the Super Bowl for a second time within five years with a new quarterback and a new head coach, uh, it's a testament to how terrific of a front office man he actually is. Actually, is so oh, got- and just to, to spite you a little bit on the YouTube, uh, we got uh, Country Boy out here who said they still they have Direct TV and they still have NFL Network, so you probably just need to call them. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. While you ponder on that, who do you think is the third ranked team when it comes to the future power rankings? Again, we're looking at the teams that are not just set up to be good this year, but set up to be good for the next few years. I'm going to go with Cincinnati at three. Ding, ding, ding. The Cincinnati Bengals ranked third when it comes to the future. Quarterback is a two, so it seems like these guys are also in that place where they are ranking Joe Burrow as the second-best quarterback, not just right now, but over the next few years. I feel like that's going to correlate quite a bit with some of these teams. I imagine, right? But then also, you talk about the draft and front office, both ranked fifth. The coaching staff is ranked seventh when it comes to rankings. And then the overall roster is NFL rank of third and outside of the quarterback. So, you know, just the roster that they have right now is doing a lot of the work. Um, and it's still about the play of the offensive line when it comes to like the reason for concern, man, that, that, that is one that is, a uh, really concerning. I was looking at that, uh, obviously, and we'll talk more mm-hmm. about that here in a little bit. They were, they were getting whooped when it comes to that offensive line. Obviously they went and got, uh, added some talent at the left tackle move, Jonah Williams, uh, Williamson, is that his name? Williams. Mm-hmm. There we go. Moving the right tackle to try and shore that up. But still, that's not an incredible offensive line, which is kind of concerning when you talk about having such a valuable quarterback back there. Is Zach Taylor actually a good coach or a byproduct of having sure. Joe Burrow? Still not certain. I have to give him some level of credit. I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think I, he's a bad when coach. When he came over, I was like, oh, so we just, we just getting anybody who's touched the hem of Sean Payton's gar- or Sean, uh, Sean McVay's garment? Yeah. And it was like, all right. He looks like the first couple of years looked bad. And then after that, I was like, okay, something's coming together. And I guess that's when he got talent. Um, but – He's he's done enough that you can't call him a bad coach. I just don't know that he's like a great coach. And I guess there's there's more to be seen in that regard. Because Lou Anarumo on defense also, 
That man be cooking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, with that being the case, who do you think is fourth? And let me tell you, there are two teams tied for fourth here. So either one of them I will take as an answer here as we're looking for the NFL future mm-hmm. power rankings here. Um, so two teams tied for fourth. We have so. already gotten the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bengals off the board here. Uh, so let's go with, hmm, uh, I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are one of the teams tied for fourth. Okay. Overall score of 89.9. Quarterback is ranked third, yep. which I'm sure is the, mm-hmm. part of the reason that you got here. Mm-hmm. Um, front office is ranked third. Overall roster outside of the quarterback is ranked seventh. In addition to the draft is ranked seventh. And the coaching is ranked fifth when it comes to the, the Bills. So, um. That is one of the teams tied for fourth. Do you know the other team tied for fourth when we talk about future? I'm going to go with San Francisco. It is not the San Francisco 49ers. Where do they they come in? San Francisco 49ers, as I scroll, are tied for eighth. Okay. Okay. Uh, hmm. And the San Francisco 49ers, oddly enough, getting dragged down by their draft score, ranked 26th in the NFL, in addition to their quarterback being ranked 17th, and their front office, oddly enough, being ranked 13th. Interesting. Uh, just a lot of a lot of credit when it comes to coaching and their overall roster outside of their quarterback at this current moment. Um, so we got the Bills. In case you're looking for another team tie for fourth. Um, let's go with I feel like I'm overthinking it, but let's go with it. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with let's go with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not the other team tied for fourth. The Dallas Cowboys are ranked tenth. Huh, okay. All right, so of the five, let's let's kind of reverse engineer this. Of the five categories, we talk about the overall roster outside of the quarterback. When we talk about the quarterback, we talk about the coaching, when we talk about the draft, and we talk about the front office, what do you think is the the, the element that's bringing down, the that's weighing down the Cowboys when it comes to the future rankings? The quarterback? It is not the quarterback. Shout out to everybody listening to the Haystack Prescott. <laughs> right. Um, oh. Because they draft well. Is it the front office? It is not the front office. Okay, I'm out. I'm fresh out. Coaching. Ooh. 22nd ranked Ooh. Uh, in the NFL when it comes Ooh. to the coaching. They get a That's 70, a little disrespectful for a, a Super Bowl winning head coach. 76.3. Did he do it here? And also, uh, it is a no. team that it is a team that's won 12 games back to back. Yeah. So that it's interesting that they are ranked that low. Uh, the quarter, the overall roster is ranked seventh. The quarterback is ranked ninth. How do you feel about that? Like the idea of that's about right. Yeah, for the next maybe three years, Dak Prescott ranked as like kind of a ninth, ninth best quarterback. I would in agree that with place. that. Okay. Yeah. Front office is ranked eighth. The draft is an interesting one because they were ranked twelfth in that regard, and they for draft it. fairly well. But I imagine also they draft well for their purposes, and maybe not necessarily in like a national perspective. Just are they getting? The best team, especially when you look at this past year where they kind of reached a little bit for need mm-hmm. when it comes to defensive tackle. And then even Schoonmaker uh, in the second round was a little bit of a reach for need, but still they fit the needs that they had in trying to finish what this was for the roster. Um, let's read a little, some of the blurbs here. When it comes to the reasons for hopes, for all the jokes and justified criticism about the lack of recent playoff success, the Cowboys front office has absolutely demonstrated an ability to draft and develop players who keep them competing for division titles and playoff berths every year. Obviously, you can talk about the young cornerstones when it comes to Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb, and also plenty of other uh, hope for the roster. The concern, philosophically, what this team wants to be offensively and what is equipped to do are two different things. Mike McCarthy said this offseason, I want to run the, run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. Being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. That sounds good in theory, but primary running back Tony Pollard is returning from, obviously, the fractured left tibia, 
or fibula rather, um, has not been signed to a long-term deal and will have no one to share with. So like Lewis Riddick looks at that and he goes, Hey man, what you're talking about and what you were seeing when it comes to the roster building doesn't match. And that's what we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier is just, I don't understand that when it comes to uh, going forward. But, yeah, there's people that are looking at it and saying that is very disrespectful to uh, Mike McCarthy. Some people are looking at that and saying good rinse to Kellen Moore. Um, <laughs> overall, how do you feel about this, the Dallas Cowboys, when it comes to a future ranking, not just for this year but for the next yeah. three years, of like kind of 10th in the league? I think that's about right, especially given the decisions they've got to make from you know a financial standpoint with some of these guys going forward here because we've talked about it you know, extensively with who may or may not be with this team just going into next year, Yeah, uh, Tony Pollard. So there's some real questions there that could lend to some real questions about their future. But I think that's about right uh, for where they are. So, I mean, let's take a couple of cracks at the other team that's tied for fourth in uh, from A17, uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is tied for eighth with the San Francisco 49ers, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of some of the other playoffs. Baltimore? Baltimore is the other team tied. For okay. Four. The Baltimore Ravens. Um, a lot of credit given all the way across. And one of these things you got to think about, that's a front office that is uh, goaded, as the, as the youths would say, right? Front office is ranked second. Mm-hmm. Draft is ranked eighth. Overall roster outside of the quarterback is ranked sixth. And I imagine that that also, like, that's really heavy on defense and such. But the quarterback is ranked fifth when it comes to future considerations, Lamar Jackson. So they are one of the folks or one of the teams that is are one of the outlets, I guess I should say, that is higher on Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson ends up being a little polarizing. But no, all the way across nineties uh, or mid to high eighties are the rankings for the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to whether they'll be good into the next few years. And I guess when you when you view it that way, just whether you'll be good for the next few years, the Baltimore Ravens are one of those teams that just kind of always happens to be good, right? Um, outside of that, the Seahawks get a six, and it does seem like they've done a good job of like kind of replenishing that that roster, yeah. giving themselves some opportunities. The Steelers seventh, and then I mentioned the Jaguars eighth. In addition, uh, agree uh, in tied with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Sorry to be tongue tied there. And then obviously rounding out the top ten is your Dallas Cowboys when it comes to the NFL future power rankings. That's very interesting. Um, I do think they have the Cowboys about right, given not only their present but their you know possible future as well with what they've got to decide to do but man the biggest thing that stands out for me is the top four or five teams on this list stability at the quarterback position Jalen Hurts however you may feel about him is the franchise guy for Philadelphia Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow Lamar Jackson Josh Allen there's a reason why when you look at these teams and where they are they've got quarterbacks that are going to be there for the foreseeable future uh, and that gives them a leg up on their ability to build around them when it comes to their roster. So, again, just another point of emphasis on why the quarterback is the most important position. In. That's that's ESPN's NFL Future Power Rankings. If you want to go and see more of the teams, I know some people were like, hey, man, where's this team rank? Where's this team rank? I can't get into all of those, but go ahead and check it out on ESPN. It's a good read. And uh, at least they took some really good time in breaking down these teams, even if you don't fully agree with all the things that are on there. So get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, speaking of the NFL, we continue with the 2022 Cowboys rewatch. Week two, Cincinnati Bengals. Michael Parsons was going off, and we recap all of that next on 105 Through the Fan. Back here on the Get Right, we're Reggie KG on 105 Through the Fan. Going to continue Reggie's Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season with week number two with the Cowboys taking on Cincinnati Bengals from last season. We'll get into that here in just a moment. 
On your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Edisil, if you want to get at us on Twitter, where apparently Brandon Cooks was out here on NFL Network today. Oh, I missed that. I did, too, because, you know, I don't have it <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> apparently, I just see Brandon Cooks, you know, talking to Patrick Claiborne and, you know, Maurice Jones-Drew. I was like, huh, I didn't see that today. Oh, that's right. I don't have the NFL Network currently. On my direct TV. He's not upset. He's Look, not upset at all. It's hard to do this job when, you know, you talk about the Cowboys and the NFL quite a bit and the one network, you know, that does that thing about talking about football all the time. Oh, and by the way, occasionally broadcast games themselves is not on your uh, television package. So, you know, direct TV going to get a phone call from me tomorrow. Bright and early. I don't know about all that. <laughs> he said, I don't know. Uh, I mean, your boy does get home rather late, you know, going to get some sleep first. But, yeah, DirecTV will be getting a call from me because that's not cool. And I pay too much damn money for them not to be having my NFL network on the screen. Just a point of emphasis for me. Well, I mean, in order to do this, I went and re-upped on my NFL Plus. So, we all pay money, man. Okay, I have that. As I do have that. That's you a, can watch NFL Network on there. But that's wait, no, no, you have to have the package. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the package. My bad. By the way, I'll have to be tuned into that because you know it's your favorite time of the year. We're talking about lists and whatnot. The all-time favorite list for players at this point in the year, the NFL's top 100. Oh, that's that's a great one to get the people going. <laughs> We're gonna have all sorts of debates on on the twitters. <laughs> you know who's everywhere. ready for that one? Who's that? Bobby Bell. Mm-hmm. You know how much Bobby Bell. Bobby, looks- I, Bobby Bell's gonna. Like pop a vessel, a blood vessel behind that list. He hates that list. I know. He can't stand the NFL's top 100, the players list. Can we get him doing some yoga before the list comes out? <laughs> Something to like reduce his blood pressure. Oh man. Well, let's get into this. This is a week two of the 2022 NFL season as the Cowboys welcome in, uh, welcomed in the Cincinnati Bengals. I had forgotten about that. The Cowboys opened up with back-to-back home yes. games. Uh, last year with Tampa Bay losing in week one. And then, of course, Dak Prescott breaking his thumb. Yeah, it felt like the, the, the world was ending, didn't it? The week leading into that Cincinnati game, whoo, boy, Cowboys Nation was <laughs> in disarray because what are we going to do? Dak Prescott not going to be able to play. Will this defense be able to step up? Tyron wasn't there neither, remember? That's right. Mm-hmm. Can Cooper Rush hold it together until Dak comes back? It's just... It was a lot going into that week. And then, of course, we had what happened in that game. Yeah, and uh, you could tell that, like, I don't want desperation might not be the right word, but, like, look, man, urgency. Uh, everybody knew what time it was because they were going for it on fourth early. The Cowboys went on for it on fourth, I believe, the fourth down the first possession that they had. I pulled up my notes from that game. That's right. Right. Fourth and, and four. or Yeah, fourth down, fourth and two. And they, they converted in part yeah. because the Bengals were like, look, man, I know who you are. You're not the starter. We're we're gonna put. We're gonna stay low. Mm-hmm. We're gonna stay right here at the sticks. We're going to dare you to throw over top. And he was like, "Okay, right? Like you gonna leave a dude wide open, booty butt naked open, seven ten yards down the field? I can make that. I can complete that pass." And that was kind of a that was kind of a theme here. Is that it seemed like early on, uh, or throughout the really throughout this game for the most part, the Bengals did not. They didn't believe in um. And Cooper Rush, they were like, we don't have to see it, right? There was, there was, they blitzed the mess out of them. They sent a lot of blitzes, like the things that you would do to a rookie, 
right? And obviously he's not a rookie, but he also doesn't have like a lot of field time necessarily. Mm-hmm. So they were like, look, man, we're gonna see if we can rattle him. Mm-hmm. Let's throw, let's throw, you know, people at him, throw bodies at his face and see if he can stay cool, calm, and collected. And then also there was instances where it was like, we gonna we throw a little you know, zone at him here and there, see if he can pick out, you know, the guys that are sitting in zone, see if we can get to him. And Cooper Rush handled that brilliantly. Like he handled it like a champ. Now, again. Um, By the way, that first drive, that was the Noah Brown drive. Yes, and I, I said that uh, on one of these. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot. This is the Noah Brown game. And That's some, right. Some of that was just – and uh, who was it? Was it uh, Nansen, um, Nansen Romo on this one for CBS? Mm-hmm. They kept bringing up – well, those guys, you know, on the they 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 the play together on the practice guys. squad. That's right. So they got the link up, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and right. that one just came coming through. But one of the things that you could talk about as a link up, he linked up with Ceedee Lamb better than Dak Prescott linked up with Ceedee Lamb in the first uh, game. And some of that was Ceedee Lamb was finding those spaces in the zones where the Bengals were content to kind of leave him open at times and just say, "Hey, man, if you can hit him, go ahead. We're going to try and deal with you, the quarterback." And Cooper Rush was able to handle that. So. Again, I'm not trying to undercut Cooper Rush because he did what you could expect of him, right? He made the plays that were there to be made. Yep. I think it's also very important to be, you know, consider all of the circumstances around it, understand what he was doing was not necessarily the high-level things that you ask starting quarterbacks to do. It's the things that you ask backup quarterbacks to do because they're going to challenge you in a different way than defenses are going to challenge starters. One of the things also is I saw CD get open on a slant and he, you know, he just beat, I don't know who number 21 was. It's not Eli Apple because Eli Apple's wearing 20. But he beat them on a on a, on a on a slate. Yes, I found out who Eli Apple was just in case I was gonna have to roast him. Uh-huh. Um, That's right. And I was like, "Hey, man, the Bengals look like they stink in uh in man coverage." I went and looked it up. They sure did. Like uh, as the season went along, they ran less and less man coverage. They ran a lot more zone because apparently them dudes are not really good at covering and like the personnel themselves. Like mm-hmm. I went and looked at Pro Football Focus. And I understand that their grades are not ones that everybody believes in, but I mean they're it's just another tool, right? And yeah. I looked at it. All them individual like man coverage grades, <laughs> they weren't none of the green, right? If you understand nope. the color coding that P- Pro Football Focus mm-hmm. uses, green is good. When you start getting the red and orange, it's bad. It was a lot more red and orange than it was green when. <laughs> it came to like their personnel so it's like oh, okay so some of the times even when they were in man that was still a green light when yeah. it came to uh getting the ball out there so you know good job by cooper russ to take what was available to him um by the way that first drive was important for him they went 12 plays 75 yards in six minutes and 25 seconds in that first drive i thought that was huge for the confidence of cooper rush to be able to put together a scoring drive and to do so in a way that allowed the cowboys to feel okay all right maybe breathe a sigh of relief yes. here uh, with Cooper Rush at starter. Also, uh, Cooper Rush found some success on some bootlegs. Like, they made it mm-hmm. easier on him. And I'm like, hey, g- game two, another day where Reggie is looking up and saying, hey, why are we not doing as much bootlegging? You know, like, why, why are we not moving the pocket in these ways or having the quarterback get out here and uh, changing the angles and such? Like, I, I obviously, you can't make the whole, you know, make the whole plane out of bootleg, right? Like, I understand that that can't be it. Utilizing that a little bit more would probably make me ha- a little happier because um, you could see the ways that it benefits a quarterback. Uh, running the ball, hey, man, they was towing the rock pretty well. felt like they weren't – it wasn't like wild explosive for the Cowboys. It felt like it was three or four yards rush, right? This game felt like three yards in a cloud of dust when it came to running the football. You know, the name that kept popping up, especially in the uh, the first quarter for defensively for Cincinnati, uh, DJ Reader. Because they was, they was, hey, you want to you tackle us three yards down the field? Go ahead. <laughs> and Reader was all over the place. 
uh, in that first that first half. Although Pollard did have an open field explosion that led that's to the right. second touchdown. That's right. Which had- that's that's the beauty of if you can run the football like that, especially with Tony Pollard, is like mm-hmm. once he finds the opening, it's not going to be oh wow, there's the 15 yarder. That's going to be oh there's the 40 yarder. Right. Like that's the beauty of Tony Pollard as he is currently constituted, you know, God, God willing that he's healthy and back to the same Tony Pollard that we have seen and expect. Right. The idea is if you block it up well, you'll get some good yardage. And if you block it up really well and you give him some space, he will get through there and he will make a big chunk play. And yeah. that's I think that's something to look forward to when it comes to Pollard this season. Yeah, he took a shovel pass on the left side for 46 yards um, and was able to it was a terrific play. That was on second and ten. That was a big play, that 46-yarder uh, for Tony Pollard there. Now, when I was talking about the week one rewatch, I was talking mm-hmm. about how this pass rush was really good, and I might have let week two seep into my remembrance of week one because, ooh, Bubba, Michael Parsons was in there cooking, yep. and then Doris Armstrong was in there cooking, and mm-hmm. then Sam Williams was in there cooking. I mean, even uh, I think Quinn Bohanna, who at this point was still playing a good amount of time, like even he was showing up um, in, in people's faces in the backfield, and I was like, oh. I got both of their names highlighted. Doris Armstrong had a sack, Michael Parsons. Uh, on the outside blitz that forced a hurried throw from Joe Burrow on third and four. Like, yeah, both of those names were in the backfield quite a bit. Yeah, it's from the 940, someone says Burrow wasn't himself after the first half of this or in the first half of the season after an appendectomy. Yeah, I'm sure that, that also doesn't help. Like, right? if you know that you guys are a little hurt in your tummy and these dudes coming and trying to hit you and spear you in your tummy, that might change it a little <laughs> bit because that's that absolutely was happening. Those guys were getting downhill. And then again, one of the guys that I mentioned, Donovan Wilson, gets downhill like a missile. Now, I mentioned Bohanna, I mentioned Donovan Wilson, and the next line is both of those guys show the negatives of those immediately after Quinn Bohanna uh, was got got penetrated upfield, but also left a gap that the Bengals are able to run into, and then Donovan Wilson with the unnecessary roughness with taking that too far. So those are the, those are the flip side of that that we saw kind of sometimes bite the Cowboys' defense at times during the season. But, of course, you don't give those things up. Like having a, having a defensive tackle that can show up and kind of take space is cool. Having a, a, a linebacker safety hybrid that's willing mm-hmm. to go there and get in the, in the muck is a good thing. Um, let's see. Um... Yeah, and then also you started seeing Burrow's um, decision-making change. He was starting to escape the pocket early. Had to. Because of all the pressure that the pass rush put on. And I was like, oh, man, this is what the pass rush can be, and this is what the pass rush is for the Cowboys at its highest level. And this is why you can look around and probably make the argument fairly easily that the Cowboys are going to be the best defense this year. It's like that pass rush is monster. And then you look at the secondary when we talk about those safeties. Yep. And then you made it so that Anthony Brown is no longer the second cornerback. The second cornerback is now somebody who, if he's playing anywhere near where we've seen him play of late, that's also something that where, where do you throw the football to, especially when you don't have a lot of time against this Cowboys team, right? That's the question that's going to be asked. And that's the one that I was starting to think about as I was watching this, um, this pass rush get to quarterback over and over and over again, understanding that the Bengals line isn't the best. Yeah, the Cowboys had four sacks in that first half, two by Dorrance Armstrong by himself. So that was a really good game for him against Cincinnati. Um, when the Bengals had, did have looks, it was also in the middle of the field underneath the safeties as opposed to like outside, deep outside where they had a lot of success the year before. Remember, they had a lot of big plays deep outside. Mm-hmm. So I guess that just speaks to one, obviously the players, but the game plan that was that came into this game and the idea that this game was won by the defense. I understand that like the narrative about Cooper Rush coming in and winning the game is great. And he absolutely did what was necessary. He took the plays that were necessary, got the ball uh, to the places and he went down and got the uh, got the team in field goal position. Uh, position to be able to for Maher remember Maher uh to sneak in 
a field goal for the win, 20-17. to 17. But this game was absolutely won by the defense. They were incredible, and I want to give them their flowers because the, the, it was just all pass rush all the time. Yeah, Micah Parsons had a couple sacks in this game. Anthony Barr made some nice plays. Donovan Wilson, there was a lot of guys that were just flying all over the football field defensively uh, for this team. But it was a good football game uh, between the Cowboys and the Bengals that day. It was an important win mm-hmm. for the Cowboys because it put the team, and I think a lot of us at ease, like say, okay, if Cooper Rush cannot make mistakes, protect the football, the first, uh, the defense of the first two games only allowed 19 to Tampa in week one. In the second, we only allowed, what, 17 in yep. week number two. This is a defense that's going to keep you in football games. All right, Cooper, don't turn the ball over, and maybe we can stem the tide until Dak Prescott comes back. And, of course, we know how things started to go um, once – you know, things got rolling for the Cowboys. But that Cincinnati game was massively important. Yes. Um, not just for the win to avoid 0-2, but to also... Establish belief, man. Yes, and like the, very and, much so. And then also, like, I think also it opened up the rest of our eyes to what the what the actual formula for this team was going to be. Because mm-hmm. coming into the season, what we were talking about, man, it's got to be the offense. Defense is cool, whatever, but it's got to be the offense. And we were looked at and we are like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Have we been thinking about this wrong? <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys defense was stellar those first two weeks and really throughout the course of the season. Uh, we'll continue with Reg's Cowboys 2022 rewatch uh, next week. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, here on the So I got, I got a little bit of time to be able to watch a few games. Yep, thankfully. you got a little bit of time as uh, the next time we'll be on after tonight will be uh, next Thursday. Looking forward to that show. Uh, next week we'll let you know more about who will be on our show uh, next Thursday as well well thank you jason cervantes on the youtube who says you guys are awesome appreciate you uh drew p says wasn't lyle talking mess before the game he, he was. was and you know who was whooping his keister up and down the field micah parsons was <laughs> whooping that ass all day long oh my goodness okay yeah we won't forget any of that because micah micah was on one my that goodness day. that entire defensive line was on one yes that day which i mean it speaks to the depth of this defensive line man they're they're really good so get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we go inside the gray area where Taco Tuesday. I wouldn't have said that. Has been freed from this trademark prison. Next on the get right. I'm about to go inside the gray area here on the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. do, baby. Ross holding it down for here. Really appreciate him and his hard work on this Thursday evening so far. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey at the text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up at the top of the hour, get you caught up on the latest headlines. On this Thursday, as the first round of the Open Championship got underway today, the final major of the 2023 uh, golf season. It's it's really weird because the final major in previous years used to be the PGA Championship, and now that's played much earlier on in the uh, the PGA Tour calendar year. So now the Open Championship is the final. Uh, champion major championship of the of the calendar year for professional golf. You being real nice, not calling the British Open. You're just letting them people dictate to you how you call stuff. Well, you know, I was gonna call it the British Open, but you know, I'm trying to be respectful of the actual tournament name that it is, and it is the Open Championship. And we're like, we we would not, we'd prefer it if you called it the the Open Championship. <laughs> it's the British Open. Get on my face. It is the British Open, uh, but again, just trying to be respectful. Okay. Whatever. Um. So we'll see. where they play it, Britain. 
Exactly. It's funny because this year's uh, version is in uh, Royal Liverpool. Is that in Britain? Is that in Great Britain, the Greater Britain? <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> also, shout out to Low Key Joker on the YouTube. I know you're feeling left out. I read a whole bunch of names. I didn't read all of them. I apologize. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. sure you make the people feel welcome. That's right. But look, it's a welcome space here on the Night Times, you know, so we try and do that for you. Let's go inside the gray area here where, of course, there is no gray area. Um, speaking of golf, did you see this? Probably not. Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend Erica Herman drops a $30 million lawsuit against his estate. Oh, I did see this. She's trying to get this money one way or another. Okay. Oh, you got to be happy. Ross didn't know. Ross went and got you something funky instead of playing the weekend. Look at you getting away from the weekend for a day. Thank you, Ross. Thank you so much. Um, Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it. It'll happen eventually. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods' his former girlfriend has dropped a $30 million lawsuit against the 15-time major champion's estate, according to court documents obtained by the New York Post. Uh, Erica Herman's dismissal of the lawsuit uh, was filed on June 29th, pending her appeal of a judge's decision that she must abide by a 2017 non-disclosure agreement she purportedly signed with Woods. Quote, the plaintiff, Erica Herman, by and through her undersigned counsel, hereby dismisses without prejudice her complaint filed on October 26, 2022, pending resolution of the appeal in Herman versus Woods and determination of whether her claims are subject to arbitration basically the judge said is this show is this your signature right here ma'am what you want me to do it's beyond me now you signed that away so guess what she dropped the lawsuit well i mean it is what it is she was trying to make the claim that this was outside of the bounds of the nda once that thing came i was like hey hey wait 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 wait. hold on erica now you signed this here uh nda Back in 2017, so what you got to say... Just said, this is none of my business. This, it's, thank you. <laughs> Signed, sealed, and delivered. This ain't got nothing to do... In fact, this, not- is a, this is above me. This is actually above me. It's above me. <laughs> mm. So, there it is. Look, man, them NDAs. Ooh, boy. Nasty business, Nasty man. work, man. Uh, Herman had filed the lawsuit against both Woods and the trust that owes... That owns his $54 million uh, Florida mansion, seeking $30 million from the latter amid unspecified allegations of sexual harassment. She had requested in March to be removed from the NDA, saying Woods was wrongfully using it against her, inciting a federal law that prevents the enforcement of NDAs in instances of sexual assault and harassment. But Circuit Judge uh, Elizabeth Metzger rejected Herman's request in May calling her allegations, quote, vague and threadbare um, and saying Herman did not, quote, provide factually uh, provide factual specificity for any claim relating to sexual assault or sexual harassment, end quote. So, yeah, I look, try and be sensitive in these areas. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't want to say that she's lying or anything. But, like, that, that, that's a tough situation if you're not going to, like, legally, if you're not going to put up enough for for the, the legal boundaries to be like, all right, we can we can get into this. Then I don't know what you can do in that instance, even if there is, you know, you feel like you have good reason for remaining relatively vague in these instances. 
That's that's a real unfortunate situation. Like assuming that she is like in fact telling the truth, and there was some sexual abuse. I can only imagine how difficult that would be. Is like if it's like, hey man, you gotta you gotta be real forward with this, understanding the ways that our society treats folks like that. Mm-hmm. And if she's not, well, I mean, yikes, you know. As we continue inside the gray area here. Sorry, can I stop inside the gray area right quick as I'm very oh. much uh, watching Women's World Cup? Oh. Because my Super Falcons of Nigeria are taking on the uh, Canadian Women's National Team. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what my Super Falcons are out here to do. Kick people. They <laughs> they just violent out here. They just kicking folks, man. Like, this is... <laughs> they like, we may not win this match, but you're going to feel us. We're going to win the fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, carry on. Sorry. Also, there is a... Speaking of... Speaking of uh, white people in places that people uh, don't think the white people can be. Oh. Nigeria's left back, a position that typically is uh, one for speed and prowess in that way. That is a white woman. So mm. anything is possible, as my friend Kevin Garnett once said. <laughs> she said put some respect on it. Yeah, so please please stop uh, stop under underrating and uh, undervaluing the, the athletic prowess of, my, of our white brethren. By the way, quick note on Canada, uh-huh. speaking of which, yes. uh, not necessarily pertaining to the uh, Women's World Cup, but have you seen the Canadian men's national team, their basketball team? Oh, boy, yeah. The starting five? Canada's been coming with the Hoopers lately. Like, I looked at that starting five. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Yep. SGA, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. um, Dwight Powell. Uh, oh, that he's a starter? They got him listed in the starting five. Dang, uh-huh. even there, they're like, how does he keep ending up that's in the starting That's what somebody else was like, how do I in the how world? How does he keep doing this? <laughs> yeah, but he was part of the starting five. He uh, can't keep getting away with it. No. Uh, right. Yeah, but Team Canada got a got a legitimate uh, squad to be reckoned with um, during the FIBA World Cup. By the way, I can't wait to see Luca play basketball. So excited for that. Yep. Uh, the headline goes like this. Taco Tuesday has been freed from its trademark prison after more than 30 years. Did you see this, gentlemen? I think I saw the, like, preliminary parts of this a few weeks back, but I didn't see, like, the the finalized parts of it. Well, remember when LeBron James, mm-hmm. you know, was out here trying to uh, trademark that phrase, Taco Tuesday? He was way late to that situation. He, <laughs> he was so late uh, to the Taco Tuesday idea. Uh, of course, his application was ultimately denied by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, thanks in part uh, to a pre-existing trademark that was filed back in 1989. Just a little, just you were close, LeBron. You were so close. <laughs> uh, by Taco John's, a Wyoming-based fast food chain. Wait, hold on. They in Wyoming, like you know what? Tacos is the is the is the fare of food that we're gonna serve here. Put the trademark on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a stranglehold on the marketing term in every state aside from New Jersey, apparently. Wait, <laughs> what? Right. What a weird exception. That's so random. Uh, for over 30 years. Earlier this year, of course, Taco Bell recruited LeBron for a campaign for free Taco Tuesday from the shackles with the ad it used to drum up support for a petition uh, it launched to urge Taco John's to cede the trademark and return the slogan to the people. Okay. To the people. That's right. Yeah, because that's definitely the the uh, the arbiter of the people, or like the the champion of the people. Taco Bell, the yum the yum food corporation. Definitely the the people. Get out of well, here. Well, most people usually root against, of course, you know, multinational chains. I know I do. Exerting their power mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. money to bully a regional competitor into submission. That's right. Taco Bell was able to convince plenty of supporters. It was 
backing an admirable cause. And it appears the push, gentlemen, has paid off. According to CNN, the C- So now I got to deal with Taco Tuesday ads? <laughs> that's, that's the win in this situation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you now have to deal with Taco Tuesday ads in a way that KG was saying it earlier, in the way that LeBron was saying it. Taco Tuesday! Yeah, that's what you get for your efforts. I'm glad. I hope you're happy that you signed that petition. According to CNN, the CEO of Taco John's announced it would not engage in a lengthy legal battle in attempt to retain the trademark. It has voluntarily abandoned, saying, quote, we've always prided ourselves on being the home of Taco Tuesday, but paying millions of dollars to lawyers to defend our mark mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like the right thing to do, yeah. end quote. Taco Bell came and muscled them off of the block. Off of Taco Tuesday. And y'all want to celebrate this. <laughs> I, thought y'all, I thought y'all was for the people. I thought y'all was for the people, but Taco apparently John not. said, look, man, we ain't got all, it ain't that, it ain't worth all that. Well, it's not even, it's not, it ain't worth all that. It's like, I ain't got it to do all that. That's the other part too. They probably didn't have the money to sustain a protracted legal fight over the words Taco Tuesday. So it appears, congratulations, Taco Bell. You were the bully and got Taco John's to relinquish Boo. Taco Tuesday. I ain't going to know Wyoming, but you know, support for Taco John's. Does this make you want to go get Taco Bell and support Taco Tuesday now? Brother, I wasn't getting Taco Bell before this. <laughs> Ross, are you a Taco Bell person? I care about my intestines. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think it's kind of like Waffle House where you have Hold to on. go. Hey, wait hey, a minute. Hey, hey, Hold hey, wait hey, a minute. Hey. Watch what you say. You Choose your words carefully. They may not pay their employees right, but, but the food it, is fantastic, guys. food is on it. point. And it's also okay. great for dinner and a show if you're there late, late at night. A show you will get. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like one of those, like, I never think about Taco Bell or Waffle House, but if it's like 2 a.m., I'm out, we just finished having a night out with the boys, it's like, bro, I'm starving. Where are we going? It's like, that's the only time I'm like, maybe we should go to Waffle House or maybe we should go to Taco Bell. So, All right. That's, you, that's you, fair enough. You cleaned that up okay. rather nice because we thought you was from the – Brother, real slander. Never. Not on these on airwaves. Yeah. Not from 7 to 11 when the get right song. Not here. Not at all. Because we're apparently the only commercials for Waffle House. Because, you know. Because <laughs> they don't a, need it. They, that's why you don't see no Waffle House. Who needs to advertise? Ain't you never know, seen a Waffle House commercial in my life. You know what that advertising is? Them 11 yellow boxes lighting up the sky. <laughs> at 2 a.m. That is a beacon. Ross needs something to eat. Hey, that is waffle, a, waffle House here for you. That is a beacon for your, for your drunk ass <laughs> to stop the car. Get you some neat. We got your headlines coming up next on the Get Right. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.